Hey there DC fans, this is Josh Rayner, Editor-in-Chief of DC Comics News, here to give you a special deal from Insight Editions. Insight Editions is an amazing company who uh, sells books and collectibles uh, from all sorts of pop culture, whether it be DC Comics, Marvel Comics, uh, movies like Die Hard, Harry Potter, Alien, everything out there in the world you can you can find you got books collectibles uh pop-up greeting cards they have all kinds of amazing items and right now you can get 35 percent off site-wide by using the code dc news 35 that's dc n-e-w-s 35 dc news 35 use that code and receive 35% off site-wide at insighteditions.com Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another episode of hopefully your favourite podcast. It's decidedly cool, it's devilishly collected, and it's dedicated to comics. It's the DC Comics News Podcast, and with me I have the ever-powerful master of everything that looks good, even if it's just a nice pair of jeans, the man with the power of fashion, Brad Felicki. Hey, 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 everybody. And I have the man with the brightest perspective, the glasses half full guy, and the man who knows the power of a power nap, Mr. Seth Singleton. I have been known to embrace the power nap. I also have been known to play a little nap roulette, if anyone else knows that one. It's a lot of fun. I highly recommend it. Brad, by the way, should you ever find something that fits me in a nice pair of jeans? I'm a 34 by 34, 36 if they were short. <laughs> Thanks, brother. How you doing today, Steve Brad? <laughs> oh, I'm absolutely fine. I have the power to put things in safe places that are so safe that I don't know where I've put the thing in the first place. So here we are. We're talking news. What kind of news? Every type of DC Comics news. But first, let's go to the movies. And, um, well, the first piece of news is heartbreaking. The Lego Batman movie number two is no more. It's been scrapped. It's not happening. Brad, your thoughts, sir? Man, what a bummer, because um, the first Lego Batman movie was one of those movies that I did not hear one negative word about. It seemed like everybody who saw it loved it. Everybody loved Will Arnett as Batman. They loved the humor. And I, I personally was kind of looking forward to seeing what, you know, what was coming next. So it's it's uh, it's kind of a shame uh, now that Warner Brothers and Lego are kind of separate. Uh, you know, we can hope that maybe somewhere down the line they can work together again. But, um, yeah, and, and the little plot details that were leaked about, you know, like the early days of Batman and Superman's relationship seems kind of fun to explore too so yeah this is all around a kind of a bummer way to start the uh, podcast uh what about you seth i mean i never heard a negative word about <laughs> lego batman you know it was one of those ones where you just you only heard the positive you only heard great things about it and 
a sequel just seems like such a no-brainer that, yeah, I know they get into the, the legalese about, you know, which characters are actually part of an exclusive deal. But I would think the market the way it is, there's still, I, I still see, you know, me guys, I see the hope. I still see a glimmer of possibility. I still see, especially those guys who are like, wow, where can we make a guaranteed buck? Do another Lego movie. Hi. Hi, Seth. Nice to meet you. Just an idea I had. Uh, <laughs> I'm fairly certain there's a fan base that will respond quickly. I mean, look, Incredibles took how long between sequels? It might take a little bit longer than we wanted, but play your cards right, guys, and people will come back and watch this in droves. At least that's my take. Steve, what do you think? I'm praying you're right. Again, thank you for being the silver lining on a dark gray cloud that is this news. There has to be a sequel. And if it's half as good as the first one and I'm prepared to wait, like you both said, I don't know a single person who didn't love that movie. Was it irreverent? Yes. Did it take a poke and have fun at the Batman mythos? Yes. But was it brilliant? Absolutely. All I have to say is, that the cast are going to fight for it. And hey, where there's a Will Arnett, there's a way. I'm sorry. Let's move swiftly on mm -hmm. to the next piece of news. I'm this happy. Is... <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Thank you. Um, the next piece of news is, well, I didn't find it a surprise because obviously we knew that the reshoots were minimal. Everything from the Snyder Cut was there. And Jason Momoa has gone on to state that as a fact. Brad, your thoughts, sir? You know, when, when I did see the Justice League, I as soon as I saw that nightmare scene at the end, I thought, oh, OK, I get it. That's why there was only five more minutes shot, uh, because it was that scene at the end. Uh, it's it just it's just amazing to me how much he shot that so much was in the bag already. Um, you know, I'm just kind of I'm in awe of uh, of how he could pull that all off. And uh, uh yeah, if if there's anybody listening to this who hasn't seen the Snyder Cut yet, what are you waiting for? Um, you know, and, and Jason Momo even says in this interview that, you know, that's why he signed on to the project was to see Zack Snyder's vision um, on the screen. So, you know, at the end of the day, as fans, we are just really lucky that we got that this year when it looked like it was never going to happen. So, yeah, it's just... One of those things where I'm, I'm, you know, a super Zack Snyder fan and just glad that this was able to, you know, get released. What about you, Seth? There's a part of me that just chuckles at the idea that this just continues to extrapolate the uh, Zack Snyder mythos, you know, from the very beginning through this movie to even now. Like how many how long has it been since it came out? Right. <laughs> and after all of the things that we've known, you still have to have Jason Momoa come out and go, yeah. So let me tell you about a lot of people who didn't realize that, you know, there wasn't actually that much reshooting to do here. Let me fill you in and <laughs> let me give you an example. I, I didn't actually do any. You know what I mean? Like there's there's something kind of funny about there. I can see five, ten years from now, us looking back through the pages of history and just sort of chuckling at the fact like, hey, remember when people still didn't believe? Hey, <laughs> Jason, way to set the record straight, man. <laughs> uh, I thought there was something really great. And Brad, I got to echo what you were saying about the idea of, you know, him being so emphatic that he's a, you know, devoted 
uh, Zack Snyder fan and that this is what he signed up for, that he believes in the vision. And I think it's a <laughs> pretty proud moment when you can, you know, support someone for as long as the, everyone on that you know, movie is done and, and see his vision finally shown and the recognition he so deservedly is receiving now. Steve, what do you think? I think that Jason Momoa is a class act, to, to be quite honest, because I love the little comment at the end of the segment where he also says that I'm glad one version came out and I'm even more glad that the, the version that I actually signed up for and made that was sitting there all this time came out too. So he bigged up Zach without taking a dump on Joss Whedon and the original theatrical cut. And I just think that's really, really big of the guy. Um, that shows what kind of a, a class act he really is. And of course, sending videos to The Rock's daughter also proves that. But I wanted to ask you both, as we're here and as DC Comics fans, that didn't the conversation about making a film with The Rock really make your eyes open wide? I mean, let's be honest here. Um, Rock's the voice of Krypton, an animated film, but he is going to be Black Adam, a film set in the DC universe. Surely. As we know, Superman, even though we didn't see his face, turned up at the end of Shazam. This is one still shared universe. There has to be some kind of future crossover with Jason Momoa's Aquaman and Black Adam. So, guys, I mean, I know this isn't part of the news list, but we need to have thoughts on this one, right? Uh, Brad, what did you think? Oh, yeah, I'd be totally for that. Um, You know, I, I like seeing the connection between the films. So... I don't mind the idea that there is that kind of crossover potential. I think uh, I think it works. And uh, I think that for what it's worth, DC has been smart about how they've done it um, since there was all, you know, for so long there was that, you know, is it or isn't it a shared universe kind of thing? Um, but I, I would I would be there opening day for uh, an Aquaman, Black Adam movie or you know or a more likely a you know a cameo in in one of the other's movies i think that i i'd I'd be all for that because i think that also jason momoa kind of loves the aquaman character as much as the rock loves the black adam character and i think that putting that together can make for some amazing on-screen chemistry and uh storytelling what about you seth sounds like a great you know option to to explore and i think they should i think um i can first just easily see it you know being momoa showing up at the end of the upcoming rock uh you know version of black adam and somehow dovetailing that into uh, a crossover or another storyline um and i'm really intrigued by the idea of what these two really big personalities who also are not afraid to you know, kind of jump in with both feet when it comes to the creative side. I mean, you look at what The Rock did as a uh, as a wrestler. Like his showmanship is <laughs> it's documented. All you have to do is go back and look. And recently, we had Momoa saying, "Well, recently for me, it's been a while since I've been on." But there was a story that uh, we were sharing in which he talked about how he's like, look, let me tell you about how Aquaman 2 has me in there because I was part of writing the script and we were all committed to this idea. I think the two of them together, you know, saying, hey, how should we do this? It, it could be a lot of fun because I think they would love to explore their characters. I think that's a, a, a brilliant possibility. I also love the idea of it 
if it's Momoa potentially at the end of Black Adam, how that gives a chance for the JSA to kind of shine and then to bring in, you know, another chapter, which is Momoa showing up and then we, you know, see how this mixes in with the JLA or uh, something similar. So, yeah, I wheel spinning. All I can say about that. Steve, back to you, my friend. Or Brad, were you jumping back? No, 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 no. I think you I think you nailed it. I'm so glad, though, that you both brought up um, the JSA and the JLA because um, Black Adam was a member of the Justice Society. And let's not forget that in the current ongoing Justice League title, Black Adam is part of the mix. So the possibilities are there and the possibilities are endless. So let's just keep everything crossed and let's see if one day we might see the Rock and Moa in a movie together. So, um, yeah, looking forward to that. If it happens, yeah, yes. you just brought up something so so significant too in in that current storyline. Who is it that's offering the hand, and nobody else can believe he's doing it except for the fact that he's you know the Boy Scout. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, there's something brilliant about the way that you could set that up using that same connection in the movie. And yeah, nice touch. Absolutely. Let's let's keep everything cross, boys. This could be something amazing and the beginning of a massive interconnected. DC multiverse and the first steps on that road will be the flash right so yep let's carry on with episode 122 of the DC Comic News podcast we talked about the big screen stuff let's go to the TV and um, right um, anyone who hasn't been living under a rock for the last week may have seen the internet melt down about certain stories and obviously this is a family friendly show this isn't the Harley Quinn cast we have to be uh, delicate but uh, the cat is quite definitely quite literally out of the bag with this one um brad um your thoughts on this little story about what's um they were told to cut from the harley quinn animated series uh man um josh if you have to edit this out please do and i'm sorry but uh i think that there would be a lot of women out there that would say heroes do do that um, I just think that DC's wording of the whole thing was just could have been better. And, you know, they made a point to say, oh, well, we, you know, we're we're trying to sell Batman toys. We can't have Batman doing that. Uh, OK, so I think that Batman fans who watch Harley Quinn would be the type of people to buy Batman toys like that. So I just I I, I, I think DC was kind of like. It's one of those moments where they could would like to rewind time and, and not say that or word it differently. <laughs> and it, it's just amazing how, you know, this has been on late night TV shows. My <laughs> my sister texted me. She was watching Colbert. Are you watching this? And I turned it on real quick. And she says, you got to be talking about this on the podcast. And I said, oh, yeah, we will be because it was just unavoidable i mean talking about breaking the internet i don't know if any story has had that much traction outside of the comic book world since we started this podcast so yeah oh boy uh it does make me you know all that more excited for season three and what we're going to be talking about on the uh harley quinn uh podcast uh for sure so yeah, it's hard to really get into it, though, when you're trying to do a family-friendly podcast. What about you, Seth? It, it is difficult to get into the details, but, you know, I think a couple of things should be addressed. One, if 
if you don't know who your audience is, you're never going to create something that's important to them. And if you do know who your audience is, somebody else who's coming in uh, from the wrong direction and, and looking at it from only one way is, of course, going to have a response that you think to yourself. Do you even know what the show is? Do you even know how they talk or what they talk about? This, this is actually clearly where we need to state as emphatically as possible. This is adult animation. I can think of a number of animated movies and such where you simply should not have younger audiences checking it out. And this would fall into that category. We actually make a disclaimer whenever we have an episode of uh, Mad Love because we're aware of that fact too. So I think any discerning human being should be able to figure this out. And yet somehow there is a corporate side that doesn't understand this, which just makes me chuckle. For the record, uh, heroes step up. Okay. <laughs> and when it comes to heroes, you know what I mean? Like, uh, you, you don't think of them as having <clears throat> shortcomings. So, uh, for the most part, I think a healthy, caring, loving person is going to be healthy, caring, and loving. Yeah. Steve, what do you think? Absolutely. Um, Batman's always been a giving person. So let's 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 be quite honest here. And I've had this conversation with so many people over the last week. Like you said, Brad, this story, wow, um, this has blown up the internet like nothing I've ever seen. I mean, when actors and comics artists and writers and um, very talented uh, internet artists start posting a very graphic depictions of hey, hell, you know, heroes won't do this. Well. Everybody else does. Why wouldn't they? Um, let, let's just be truthful here. Like you said, Seth, the Harley Quinn animated series is not for kids. And it's not on a network channel where a kid can accidentally watch it. It's on a paid streaming service. And people who buy toys for kids will give them the family-friendly versions of those characters. There's no way a child would see that. And let's be fairly honest here. We review the show. Like Seth said, we put a disclaimer on every episode of the podcast. Um, there's been stuff on that series which, to me, would could be considered way more offensive, way more gratuitous than that. Um, so, listen, Batman tells his villains, you're going down. Well, so does he, and why not? It's perfectly safe. Um, now, even Val Kilmer, star of Batman Forever weighed in with a fantastically hilarious little gif featuring Chase Meridian. Gentlemen, Brad, your thoughts on Mr. Kilmer's response to this story? God bless him for, you know, staying relevant and, and putting his two cents in worth. I, I, why not? You know, uh, I, I, I don't think he's wrong, <laughs> you know? Um, so yeah. And it's um, and Val Kilmer is one of those celebrities where we don't really hear a lot from him these days, unless it's something that unless he is really active on social media that I'm not aware of. But uh, so, it you know, it is kind of <laughs> in a very basic way. Oh, yeah, he's, he's he's still here and chiming in. That's good. And like I said, I just don't think he's wrong. And going back to the overall argument, I you know, we've talked a lot on here kind of you know frustrations with things that warner brothers does when it comes to uh when it comes to dc but i find it interesting that this 
Batman doesn't do that doesn't come from Warner Brothers, but it came from DC itself, which is, uh, you know, I would have kind of thought they would understand more than Warner Brothers. Because I think that when Kelly and I were doing the podcast a few weeks ago, there was a story about how Warner Brothers said that they didn't understand the time travel in Justice in the Snyder Cut. So that would to be expected. But DC kind of maybe should have known better. I don't know. I don't know. What about you, Seth? I'm I'm pretty clear as far as I'm concerned that this is like a form of really aggressive, just overreaction, overreach. You know, um, it's one of those situations where you you think about it and you think about everything that should be occurring. And there just is no there's no rhyme or reason, Steve, as you put it, there's been things on there that are much worse, you know, as you both point out, there's things that have been much worse on the show, in my opinion, that would probably actually cause greater scrutiny or response. And yet somehow the idea of, um, I don't know. I mean, the simplest way to say it is healthy sex is actually a bad thing. It almost be like if they were offering, you know, uh, safer sex education tips, and someone said, wow, 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 we can't do that. Because based on the comparison to what we've already seen on the show, uh, <laughs> that would actually be mildly tame. Mm-hmm. What about you, Steve? Again, I can't help but agree with everything that's been said. Obviously, we're adults here, and so is everybody who watches the show. But it just makes me laugh. And I had this conversation with, on another podcast this week. and. It's it's a genuine thing that shows like, for example, The Walking Dead will not shy away from having an undead zombie eating people's brains on screen. Faces being ripped off, arms and legs being scattered, explosions, death. But they won't swear or show a naked human body. And like I said, you know, it's two people making love. Is it a slightly in some places where, I don't know, reality doesn't exist uh, more taboo style? But hey, no one's getting pregnant doing it that way. And um, let's be quite fair here. Um, that's far less repulsive to me than some of the violence and gratuitous horror than you see in other shows. And like we all know there's far stranger things happening on the Harley Quinn show than that. Um, so... Let's just be honest here that DC have overreacted. And um, if heroes don't do that kind of thing, then I don't think their partners will find them that heroic. So let's move swiftly on (laughs) to our final TV story. And this one's actually made me smile because they said that the Red Hood origin would be vastly different to the comics. According to the newly released trailer, the giggling, laughing, and the signs of somebody with a crowbar beating something or somebody with a crowbar, maybe the origin isn't going to be that different after all. So, Red Hood's origin, the Titans trailer. Brad, your thoughts? You know, I I kind of thought the same thing uh, when I saw this trailer, Steve, that, oh, this is kind of like the comics with the crowbar and all the hints to the Joker. But... Uh, I am still definitely intrigued because I just one thing I love about Titans is how it comes close to biting off more than it can chew, but it handles everything in the end. Like everything has a balance and everybody gets their day in the sun. 
And we already know that going into this season that not only are we going to be dealing with the emergence of the Red Hood and his origin, and it looks like some interesting flashback scenes, but we're also really focusing on Starfire. So I'm very interested in both of those plot points going into this to this uh, third season. Yeah, I can't I can't wait. And this um, the the trailer just really keeps stoking the fires. I I, I just want more. Uh, what about you, Seth? There was something really interesting about that moment when when I realized like there there was something about seeing you know uh, that that classic funhouse carnival environment and the the creepy feeling the warning of the trailer of like this is Gotham where people like us die and that was such an ominous note but but also uh, I was intrigued by the fact that when I saw the the figure you know, appeared to be wielding a crowbar. And just from the back, I thought to myself, did I did I pay attention to the setting where that was? Because was that in the carnival area? Because in Death in the Family, it was a international sort of. So I was curious now if this was going to be one of those moments where Titans does what it does so well, which is to take what we know, but then add its own twist to the story. Um, and And from there, that just made me start wondering, like, how much of what we know to be the origin of Red Hood will, will play out in this or how will it be vastly different or similar and yet at the same time take whatever creative licensing it's going to because those parts uh, intrigued me and Brad yeah I'm with you I haven't forgotten that we're supposed to learn a lot more about Starfire her sister and <laughs> the complications they are going to create for each other's lives which is going to be a lot of fun Steve what do you think yeah both raised very very valid points um obviously they have to change the, the origin slightly but i thought they were going to skip the whole joker thing completely but um the fact that they're not makes me happy but they couldn't really follow the comic exactly because the one thing about death in the family that has dated badly is the whole thing of showing when it was set by having president reagan involved by having the ayatollah Khomeini involved and that whole thing of um which today is politically incorrect of including real nations and real characters has to be ignored in a way but that doesn't mean they have to ignore the joker beating jason to death or closely to death um and that's what turns him in into the red hood so yeah i mean like you said brilliantly it's titans doing what titans does best in adapting the comic books but tweaking them for a modern setting and a modern audience and that's part of the reason I really, really love the show. So, chaps, before we go into the ad break, any final thoughts on what we talked about in the movies and TV and streaming? Brad? No, I think we uh, we covered a lot. What about you, Seth? Man, follow the golden rule. Love your partner the way you'd like to be loved. There you go. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Two thumbs up. Right, so we're going to take a quick ad break from episode 122 of the DC Comics News Podcast, and we're going to come back to talk about my favoritest thing in all the multiverse comic books. We'll be right back. Hey there, DC fans. This is Josh Rayner, editor-in-chief of DC Comics News, here to give you a special deal from Insight Editions. Insight Editions is an amazing company who uh, sells books and collectibles uh, from 
all sorts of pop culture, whether it be DC Comics, Marvel Comics, uh, movies like Die Hard, Harry Potter, Alien, everything out there in the world you can you can find. You got books, collectibles, uh, pop-up greeting cards. They have all kinds of amazing items. And right now, you can get 35% off site-wide by using the code DCNEWS35. That's dcnews Three five DC News thirty five. Use that code and receive thirty five percent off site wide at insighteditions.com. This is Seth Singleton from DC Comics News, here to tell you about the Spinner Rack. Each and every week, DC Comics publishes so many great books, it can be hard to decide where to invest your time and money. And that's where the Spinner Rack comes in. The Spinner Rack is my honest attempt to rate, review, score the top five books from DC Comics each and every week. How can you listen? It's easy. All you have to do is go to your favorite platform, subscribe to DC Comics News Podcasts, and wait for the new episode to load up. Join me each and every week as I sift through the best from DC Comics and pick my top five books. Can't wait to share them with you and to hear your scores when you share them with us right here on the DC Comics News Podcast. Hello, listeners. This is Tony Farina from DC Comics News and an occasional guest on Comics in Motion. I'm pleased to announce a new show called Indie Comics Spotlight. Each week, my guests and I will be taking a deep dive into a current title or a classic graphic novel from a publisher other than the big two. Consider this show the best of the rest. My hope is that we'll bring new readers to independent comics and give old readers a chance to share their thoughts. Join me each week in the Comics in Motion feed in your favorite podcast catcher. First, there was the DC Comics News podcast. Then came the Spinner Rack. And now, the third show brought to you by the guys that brought you all that other stuff I just mentioned. I am the Knight. A story about the stories. A show celebrating Batman, the animated series. Week by week, episode by episode. Just when you thought it was safe to put on a pair of headphones. I am the Knight. Why, hello there. I'm Seth Singleton. And I'm here to tell you about Mad Pup, a Harley Quinn cast. Harley Quinn? Harley f***ing Quinn? What have we learned from this crazy show? Making bat shark repellent relevant since 1966. Oh, look, Ogre. And we've gone completely off the rails. I hear the bat signal. Shut up and bat them, nuts. I definitely do not f*** bat. In need of an adult-sized nemesis. Humans make good fertilizer. You can't f*** with Lois Lane. For f***'s sake. I'm a damn good cop. Lot of lasers. Mmm. Educational and informative. The DC Comics News Podcast Network presents Mad Love, the Harley Quinn cast. <laughs> Back to you, Seth. So, tell us your thoughts. We'd love to hear from everyone out there. Or not. That's really up to all of you. Fuckers.
picture this someone who knows nothing about comics someone who knows comics from movies tv and video games the complete ultra comics nerd you pick the character you want us to talk about you send us the questions you want answered you make the show a podcast by fans for fans making new fans superheroes or dummies part of the comics in motion podcast network What's up, everybody? I am Kelly Gaines for DC Comics News. I am Tony Hasty for this show. And we are here to introduce our new show, DCN After Dark. This is the late night talk show for all of the wild ideas, fascinating concepts, and scandalous tales straight from the DC Universe. We are not going to hold any punches. We are going to give all of our opinions straight off the dome, and sometimes we'll be writing it down. It is not for the faint of heart. It is not for the sensitive ears. It is not for any children. Viewer discretion is going to be advised because we are going to be swearing a lot. Yes. Yeah. And possibly, maybe by episode five, getting to our hundredth joke. (laughs) (laughs) Here's hoping. We're going to have guests on this show. We're going to be guests on other shows, but we're not going to finish this sentence. <laughs> off, the t- off the cuff. Let's go. Off the cuff. Off the cuff. Anything off, you want. Anything you want. Scooby-Doo would be a better detective than Jim Gordon. There you go. That's that is what this whole show is about. That's what the show is about. We're going to be talking about we're going to be talking about stuff like that. Should we have seen more of the bad go? No. No one had to see more of the bad no, I didn't want to. God damn it. Look, all right. We're going to Scooby-Doo, DCN After Dark. Check us out. Watch us without your kids. And if you are a kid, you shouldn't have even seen this promo. Drink recipes, content creation, reviews, unsolicited advice, and very inappropriate jokes. Yes. And a Santa, uh, an un- unseasonable Santa hat. Except it's season, whatever. Check us out. <laughs> Not getting rid of the Santa hat. <laughs> Available exclusively on YouTube. And we have returned bigger, brighter, and more powerful than ever. Now, we've talked about TVs and streaming and the movies. Let's talk about the source material. Everyone's favorite thing comics and the first news we have from the already looking beautiful batman 89 series we have news that everyone's favorite cantankerous detective harvey bullock will be making an appearance in the comic book brad what do you think of this story i i love this idea uh i i i'm really psyched for this uh I, I think a lot of fans have wanted to revisit that world, so it's going to be really fun. And uh, you know, I when I talk about my love of comics, uh, for me, it comes from what's happening now. It's not really about the retro that a lot of people feel when they read comics, but this one, this one takes me right back to when this movie comes out so i and that is going to be a fun trip down memory lane and i love that they're bringing uh bullock into it and it just makes me wonder too if this is successful and continues if they'll bring in uh you know other characters as well just like they've kind of they've done uh with the batman animated series uh continuation comic um so yeah i just i i I love this idea and 
I, I love the idea that it's written by Sam Hamm as well. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm I'm psyched for this, and welcome aboard, Harvey Bollock. Uh, what about you, Seth? I think one of the great things about bringing up uh, a moment like this is the way you can, again, like you were describing, the idea of going back to that moment. And <laughs> there was such a great world that was created with Batman and Batman Returns. And I, I think um, one of my more recent favorites was, uh, uh, I want to say it was like uh, Curse, of the, Curse of the White Knight. Um, my brain's a little fuzzy. Um, but when suddenly you saw that classic Batman 89 Batmobile pop up and I know that we've enjoyed the, the different takes, you know, the version of Batman 66 and Wonder Woman, but Tim Burton's world felt like it, it had so much more to explore. And it, after the first two movies, fans never really got to see how much more that he was going to show. So I love that this is an opportunity for great creative talent to go in, do this and cement it with. A bullet character that um, <laughs> it's almost one of those people you enjoy when they get upset. Like it, it's funny for you, you know. So I think that's going to be a lot of fun for everybody too. Steve, I, I know you have a certain affinity for Batman and the characters of that universe. What was your take, my friend? All right, who's been talking? How did you know that? Um, no, in all seriousness, uh, yeah, Harvey Bullock, great, love him. It's about Dan time we haven't seen him in anything since gotham he was a big part of batman the animated series but none of the uh big screen cinema movies have featured him eckhart was close in batman 89 but he was definitely a crooked cop harvey toes that line and, and that's what i love about him you know he's a good man but he does uh take some shortcuts and make some questionable decisions. And that's part of the charm of the character and, and part of the reason I love him. But I, I want to talk about this sketch, the sketch that accompanies the article. Um, I know that face. Have they based it on an 80s, 90s actor? If so, who is it? And if you recognise him, please tell me because it's killing me. And if you, it doesn't, I mean, who would make a perfect Harvey Bullock going back to that period in your guys' eyes, Brad. That's oh, oh, a hard one. Um, he does a bit, a little bit look like Ed Asner almost. Look as I'm looking at it. Yes, now. that's it. That's yeah? it. Oh. Ed Asner. Oh. Thank you. Oh, nice. Oh yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> I uh, yeah, I didn't. Um, but now that you know, because I I didn't think about that going into it like would they base it on actors um but now hearing you say that Stephen, looking at this yeah that 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 uh, could be i mean i guess we, you know there would be uh, no reason not to unless you know their states don't you know don't want that but um yeah I, I think you might be onto something here i think you might be too the only there was only two other people that were coming to mind as far as who could uh who could fill that role and the first one that came to mind is the uh sheriff character from stranger things the actor um whose name i can't recall um, oh yes the new hellboy david oh blimey Hopper. yeah i forget the name as well but that'd be good yeah I, I i pictured him immediately when i saw this one and i also pictured oh who was it there was a face that was coming to me and it, it'll It'll pop up later, but those were my first two. But yeah, Ed Asner, nice choice. Like, uh, like the suggestion there, Brad. Nice, Steve. What was yours? 
Well, I, I, I just knew I recognised that face, but you're right, it's, it's Asna. But let's think um, the Hellboy actor would probably have been our age, or my age, closer. So he would have been far too young back in 89. Maybe De Niro? That would have been a nice touch and uh, a, a fitting yeah. thing for as well with, with, with uh, Jack Nicholson in. But hey, you know, let's see it in the comics and see how it works out. We're going to see Billy D. Williams as Two-Face as Harvey Dent. Yeah. And, oh, um, that'd be great. I love what you said, Brad, about this transporting you back to the 89 movie and remembering that comic book adaptation drawn by Jerry Ordway. And to my mm-hmm. mind, there's still never been a comic adaptation that looked as good as that one. Yeah, so, I, um, I think I still have that in my stack I do. Yeah. I do. I've got the uh, prestige format version, the newsstand version, and the UK reprint. That's how much nice. I love nice. that <laughs> So, yeah, let's look forward to seeing Harvey back in the comics. So the next TV story looks at sorry, TV. We've done that. Steve, wake up. The next comic book story um, pits another Batman character, Mr. Thomas Wayne, the Flashpoint Batman, meeting Calvin Ellis, President Superman. Now, this one has me hyped. Brad, what about you? Yeah, me too. I, you know, if you look at the preview art, um, the the ship crashing down and and batman being in there it was just so cool and so crazy and i i like the interaction between alan scott and obsidian uh yeah this is there was there was at some point i was thinking maybe this was just a quick cash in because they you know future state and infinite frontier turned out to be so popular so keep it going but this i think i, th- I think they're onto something i i like the the team they've created. I uh, I want to see more of President Superman, uh, especially considering that we might be getting a film uh, down the road. So yeah, I, I, I'm I'm hyped and all on board for this now. Uh, what about you, Seth? I think it's a great concept, and I love the idea of ah everything settling back to normal. <laughs> Surprise visitor and a visitor from, you know, such a, a dark experience that it'll be really interesting to see, you know, how these uh, characters interact, what what the story is that's, you know, drawing them further and further deeper into uncovering. And I think there's a lot of fun to be had. But I, I love what I was reading through these, you know, panels that came with the preview where there's that one, and it's like this damn multiverse, nothing but trouble. <laughs> I just, I love that you know, that concept of it, and um, I think this could be a lot of, I think a lot of fun. And I think Brad, you brought up a great point. I love that, you know, with Calvin Ellis in there, you know, we can start introducing to uh, to audiences like, hey, you know, what do you think of the new Superman? Potentially, you know, telling his story. That that would be a fun movie. Here, take a look at some more stories about him, and uh, you know. Get ready for the possibility. Steve, what do you think? Absolutely. And I love that it could lead to yet another version of the world's finest team. Because, again, chatting to some of the guys at Dark Knight News about this particular issue, um, they said, oh, what's Batman doing in the capsule? I said, yeah, but have you seen which Batman? They said, what do you mean? I said, look at the symbol on his chest. That's Thomas Wayne. That's the flashpoint Batman. They went, oh, damn, yeah, it is. Because let's think, looking little bit deeper both these characters they're like the extensions the ultimate extensions of what the characters we know and love could be i mean 
Superman is hope. Superman is inspiration. Superman is like the American icon. And what's more iconic than a Superman who could be president? And Thomas Wayne is like the extension of Batman going darker, being a Batman that kills, being a Batman that takes a life, making that choice to take a life of a villain to stop them um, hurting people again. So they're even more polar opposites than the Batman and Superman we know and love. So seeing those two face off together, man, the story possibilities are absolutely endless. And I cannot wait to see where that story goes with that Batman and that Superman. Really looking forward to it. Now, I know for a fact that Brad would be dancing up and down with this story, just like I do with many Batman stories. But we often talk about the comics that we love, that are our absolute favourites. Sandman is one, Fables is another. And not only is Fables coming back for a new story arc with the original creative team, we're also going to see a big bad wolf, Big B Wolf, crossover with my boy, Batman. I'm smiling. Brad, I know you're smiling. Yeah, uh, yes, I am. Because, uh, you know, if you if I was to list my favorite Vertigo comics, uh, I, I think it would go Sandman, Preacher, Fables. I mean, that, that, that uh, is like my big three, I think. Uh, but... Um, but the important thing is I am so glad that the original creative team is coming back. To me, that's important because one of those things that I love about those Vertigo titles is how well the storytelling and the art go together. I couldn't imagine Preacher without Steve Dillon's art. I couldn't imagine Fables without the art that we have so i'm so glad and bill lingham is a genius and as far as now i i uh, I'm, I'm not super into crossovers like this but i'm intrigued because bill william is writing it so he must have an amazing idea and it will be fun to watch batman interact with bigby so uh, yeah man once again it is a great time to be a dc fan um yeah, I, I I think this might be a book that's going to bring people who haven't read comics in a while back into the fold, because I think that there were a lot of people that um, discovered comics through fables. So, um, yeah, I think this is this is uh, going to be amazing. Uh, what about you, Seth? I, I love it when the creator says, yeah. I've been wanting to do this since the first year I did Fables. Why do you ask? Um, and then proceeds to explain how there's been all these ways that the idea could happen. And he, you know, baked it into the, the story structure. And this is something he's been wanting to do. Plus, it's someone who loves the idea of two detectives working on a well-crafted story. And those are always a lot of fun. Because, you know, if it takes two detectives to solve it, it usually requires a, a little more thought and a really interesting uh, narrative comparison and just a lot of fun elements that when you have great characters and you have brilliant creators and you get the chance to do something like this. I mean, you know, we saw a little while back when they did the uh, justice league black hammer, which I thought was a wonderful crossover. There've been many others that take a less serious tone, but have still been wonderfully mirthful. And I, I think this is going to, you know, really combine some of the best possibilities you would want from a detective story. And 
on top of it, you get Bigby and Batman as part of that detective combination. So uh, a lot of good stuff, right? Where's the bad? Steve, you see anything wrong with this? Oh, no. No, this is all good. This is as good as good can be. This is goody, goody gumdrops good. This is the kind of story that, again, just makes me smile and echo Mr. Felicky when he says this is a great time to be a DC Comics fan or just to be a comics fan in general. I mean, just that pairing is iconic. I mean, what two creatures of the night are more known for being creatures of the night than a bat and a wolf? The moonlight, the darkness, the fear, the fact they're both detectives. Damn, why didn't anybody think of this sooner? And the fact that, like you said, Brad, Bill Willingham's writing this. That is my main takeaway from this story. And then add the fact that Willingham's teaming up with Mark Buckingham again on a, another new arc for Fables with a brand new character we haven't seen before. What's there not to be excited about? I'm all in. And Fables with Vertigo is one of those comics that kept me in the comics fold that stopped me giving up at a time I nearly did. So the fact it's coming back, hey, it's all good news. Absolutely brilliant. Sadly, though, the next story is not good news because this is a run that I am having a blast with and really enjoying right now. But it seems uh, the Batman Superman is soon coming to an end. Brad, your thoughts? Yeah, it's that. That's a shame. Um, I, I mean, I guess the silver lining that I see is that we have until September, so hopefully they can wrap things up, you know, and not leave things open ended. Uh, but Steve, I agree. Uh, it's it's been a, a very fun run, uh, you know, since even before Future State. So. Ah, yeah, but as with comics, and as Dr. Manhattan says, nothing ends, Adrian, nothing ever ends. So hopefully down the line, uh, we'll get another Batman Superman series. What about you, Seth? Yeah, I mean, you can you can always close the book on one series, but with characters like Batman Superman, there there's always that expectation that it's going to happen again it's just kind of a not quite a given but it's one of those things that you can look forward to because i loved every issue of this one i had a blast collecting this series uh gene luen yang's one of those uh writers who just makes me smile <laughs> um I, I think overall uh i'm just reminded of what you were saying brad there's no really you know, true endings, there's new beginnings and they might look like an ending at first, but give them time. You know, you plant a seed, it doesn't sprout the next day. You got to give it a little water and sunshine, a little love. And uh, with that kind of nurturing, well, I'm pretty sure there's going to be another creator soon coming up saying, so this is why we should do another Batman Superman. Here's my pitch. And that's all it takes. The right pitch, the right creator. They'll be back um, confident and looking forward to it what did you think Steve? absolutely i mean this series has had several volumes now since it started but even since before it was called batman superman or superman batman as it's also been called over the years we've had forever 
the Batman Superman team that everyone, well, my era in particular, actually knows as the world's finest team. So I'm hoping that when the book comes back, and it will, you can't have the two original heroes, the two greatest superheroes, the two greatest comic book characters apart for long. I'm hoping when it comes back, they don't decide whether to call it Batman Superman or Superman Batman. They just bring back world's finest comics because that brings back so many memories, so many iconic stories and the greatest team of the two original and the two greatest heroes. So while it's bad news for now, like you said, Brad, we've got to September and they will be back. Oh, yes, they will be back. And guess who else is back? But in comic book form, Titans, the HBO Max superheroes, that lineup is getting a comics series. Now, this has me smiling again. What about you, Mr. Brad? Yeah, uh, it has me smiling, too. I, 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 I like those characters together. So I, I think that um, it also makes sense to have that team come back into the comics. Uh, and I just wonder if this is, is this in, you know, broader DC continuity or is it specific for the show? Uh, either way, I, I'm, I'm totally down for it. So yeah, this is, this is another one that I'm looking forward to. It seems like, Everything that DC releases, I want to pick up. And it's not just because I'm on a DC Comics News podcast, but I'm really intrigued about the stories that they're telling. Uh, what about you, Seth? I'm really interested in this one. One of the biggest things that catches my attention is the fact that immediately with Titans, you felt this difference uh, from what we've read in the comics. And the difference is... They were so specific in some ways, and and sometimes it was just these really interesting details or uh, elements that maybe were never covered in the comics, but are given a chance to be explored in the show. So, you know, you brought up a great point with the idea of what will this look like in the greater omniverse? You know, what what universe is this set in? What other things are different? Because remember, when we're talking about the series, we've heard some different things, like the idea of Barbara Gordon being chief of police. And, and other elements. So, you know, we get to see so much of that on the shows, on the episodes, because of how they're scripted and the time limits. But a series like this could explore so many other nuances that the show only touches on. And now we have a chance to actually, like, see more of it, because as we've known, you can do more in comics. <laughs> right now, it just, <laughs> until the technology can bring our imaginations perfectly to life, and it doesn't cost hardly a penny to do so. Comics will always have the ability to do and show more. So what we get to see, in addition to what we've already known from the series, I think that's a great uh, thing to explore. And what a great lineup to include. Um, <laughs> a lot of great, you know, combinations and also some really healthy clashes. Keeps the blood pumping. Steve, what do you think? Yeah, you both nailed it. And I, I want to go back to something you said, Brad. I mean, which universe is this setting? Because let's remember, at the end of season two of Titans, it seems like Donna Troy was dead. But yet here she is in this comic. So is this a comic book story? But she's not dressed as Wonder Girl. She's Troya. She's in the Black Star um, uniform, the one that looks like she's wearing a galaxy. So is that how they bring Donna Troy back? 
on a TV show? Is she coming back as Troya, not as Wonder Girl? Again, that just makes me want to read it. And again, not just because I do this podcast, because we write about and talk about DC Comics, but this just sounds like it's going to be right up my street. I grew up with the Titans. I saw Dick Grayson become Nightwing. So I'm already invested in this series. I can't wait to read it. Absolutely looking forward to it. Now, something else I'm very looking forward to reading, especially after um, reviewing the massive uh, Future State Justice League trade paperback recently is seeing Black Manta and of course we'll see Jackson Hyde the new Aquaman in his own series as well but Black Manta another villain like Joker getting his own comic series really looking forward to this one what about you Brad I I am I, I I'm intrigued because this seems to me like it's something that um, the editors were given a pitch and, you know, because Black Manta might not be the character that you would automatically think of that uh, would be the first to get a limited series. But, you know, I'm sure the creative team went and said, hey, we have this idea. And the idea was good enough that DC said, yep. So that intrigues me because I, you know, I, I'm curious how Black Manta will, you know, handle being the center of his own, you know, his own series. But um yeah, it's just another one of those things. Like, uh, I, I want to see what DC is going to do. Uh, what about you, Seth? I'm really intrigued. I mean, I was excited when, you know, I didn't get a chance to hop on with the podcast last week, but Josh had as one of the, the news items, you know, the story about Aqualad getting his uh, own Aquaman series. And this Black Manta idea is, for me, a really great opportunity to explore some of the stuff that they uh, – they touched on back with the uh, DC Villains month. Black Manta's story was really intriguing to me. And there were a lot of things that I wanted to see and hear or read more about. So the idea of having a six-part solo series that showcases maybe more of that and also maybe connects to these other projects that are on the way, I, I think would be a lot of fun. I also think it could set up some other opportunities. I I can't say like I can pinpoint any of them, but just when you hear the name Black Manta and you think about how many different parts of the DC universe he can touch, especially given his, you know, somewhat affinity or at least willingness to team up with other villains. There's a lot to consider here, and it could be a great way to touch off some other storylines for the future. So potential possibility. Uh, it seems to be following in the footsteps of other great announcements, whether it's uh, the Aqualad series, Darkseid series, or, or others that we were, you know, have had uh, recently as subjects on uh, the podcast. So I think this is just another great example of when you've got great talent and you give them an opportunity to explore it with characters and bring new things to life. I mean, a couple of years ago, I, I'm pretty sure not a lot of people would have jumped on a Mr. Miracle series. Well, guess what? You get the right talent. Everything changes. So I, I love the potential behind this one. And uh, I'm curious to see how this take shows us Black Mana, hopefully in a way that, that makes us want to see more of him in a solo series, maybe a longer one. Steve, what do you think? Absolutely. I mean, I've always um, had a soft spot for Black Manta as an Aquaman villain because like Lex Luthor facing off against Superman, um, that's a human against a super powerful superhero. And it's the same thing. Black Manta is, at the end of the day, 
despite his technology and his gadgets, just an ordinary dude. So seeing him in his own, even if it's just a miniseries, could be a great start to explore the character deeper. And the fact that he's actually Jackson Hyde, the new Aquaman's biological father, so many roads this story could go down. So it just leads to some fascinating ideas for some fascinating stories. And we're all writers here, and we love good stories. And DC Comics are knocking it out of the park when it comes to that particular avenue of entertainment. They're just creating really, really good stories. Speaking of which, Milestone. The Milestone universe. After months, years of discussion, it's back again. And Static Shock Season 1 is already here. We're soon going to be seeing Icon on Rocket. We're soon going to be seeing Hardware as well. Um, big smiles all around once again, I believe. Brad, am I right? Yeah, absolutely. I this As we record this, this past week, Static 1 came out. And I just read it this morning, and I I loved it. Um, I, I, you know, you said knock it out of the park. That's a great, great way to say it because the uh, it's it's reimagining everything in a contemporary setting in uh, a really important way, given everything that has happened in the past year and what we've seen and what we've dealt with. And uh, in this in this interview, Vita uh, Ayala says that. You know, she wanted, you know, I wanted it to be not saving the earth, but I'm going to save my block. And right now there we we really need to be focused on saving our communities as we do have this reckoning with race in America and coming out of covid and everything like that. So uh, I just can't imagine a better time for Milestone to come back and static to come back. I, I love the issue. I'm looking forward to see what they, uh, what they're going to do. And uh, just a preview of a little story we're going to be talking about. I cannot wait for that um, big compendium uh, that they're going to be printing of milestone. So oh, yeah. yeah, I, I am uh, once again, I am completely down for this. What about you, Seth? This one, this one, this one really pulled at the heartstrings. I, I got a chance to review it for DC Comics News, and I, I loved every minute of it. I loved the setup uh, earlier with the uh, the milestone number zero that sort of you know introduced what these characters were potentially going to be like and what they were going to be up against. And I even loved that reading Static, there's a great little shout out to fans of hardware. There's a reference to uh, him needing some help on something and how he's going to reach out to uh, Curtis, who uh, <laughs> is an instrumental character in hardware. And just that moment just made me smile. Like, oh, yeah, right like that, huh? Just going to drop it in there. Give me a little chuckle. Give me a little smile. Make me think even more, you know, excited thoughts about when hardware is coming out. But Static captured some great ideas, you know. And I think that was really interesting was uh, what Vida Ayala said about what the experience meant, you know, the change that occurred to this character, experiencing a trauma, whether he had gotten superpowers or not, seeing the way uh, the, the members of this march he was participating in were being treated, seeing, you know, the micro and the macro aggression, and then also what that does to a family, you know, not only to have someone experience trauma, but in the case of Virgil, to uh, have that trauma come with 
responsibilities on top of it and ones they're going to have to navigate and the way that you know uh, each character i thought was so great in, in their portrayal and in the way they fit this wonderful family dynamic you know you've got an amazing father who wants to make sure that his son can responsibly you know handle his powers a mother who's caring about his safety but also wants him to not be changed by this too much and a sister who just wants him to you know be be a kid who can think for himself and figure out what it means to become the young man he's growing into. It, it did so much so well. And this conversation covered so many great points. I, I love when you get an interview that says, like you said, Brad, I'm going to create a character who's focused on the idea of what matters to me, my community. And in the first issue, we see immediately what it's like for Virgil to be caught between the powers, the responsibility and protecting those he loves. And this was just such a wonderful addendum to that. And as you said, Brad, yes. Compendium. Yes. Bookspace marked on the shelf. Yes. Steve, what was your take? Yeah, definitely. Uh, We're going to be talking about that compendium with the next story too. It's lovely seeing these characters back. And clearly after that interview with Vita Ayala with character, with creators who love them, as fans, but who get them as writers. That's what makes a good comic. Tom Taylor's proving it on Nightwing. He's the biggest fanboy after probably us guys. And he's putting that with love on every page. And it feels like Vita Ayala is doing that with the new Static Shock series too. And if Rocket and Icon um, and Hardware follow that pattern, we are just in for a treat. And I can't wait to read them. Just as I can't wait to read 99.99999% of the solicitations list for DC. Now, this solicitations list would be three podcasts by itself. So, guys, you've gone through it. Just tell me which ones have got you excited, which ones have got you intrigued, and which ones have just got you scratching your chin. Brad? I I don't uh, think that anything really has me scratching my head. Um, I think the one that i am probably looking forward to the most and you know we might all agree on this is the harley quinn animated series series the uh the eat bang kill tour uh great title (laughs) (laughs) i am very excited for that uh and i am also getting more and more intrigued for deathstroke inc um and you know and uh aquaman the becoming uh too so we can see jackson hyde um taking up the mantle of aquaman so yeah this is this is like you know the can't stop won't stop dc i mean I, i you know it's been you know like we say it's been a great time to be a dc fan but that doesn't seem to be slowing down at all definitely judging by these solicitations uh, what about you, Seth? So uh, the one that really, I mean, there's a great list. I, the Fear State, uh, Batman number one by John Ridley. I mean, those all sound amazing. The Aquaman you were just mentioning, Black Mana, which we were just talking about, and the Milestone Compendium. But the one that I think really catches my attention and leaves me with the most just wondering about possibilities is Batman the World. We were just talking about how the responsibility of Virgil is to his block, as Vita Ayala puts it, like starting out, like, what's your responsibility to your immediate community? Batman's responsibility has always been clear cut. Gotham comes first. 
right? It's just, it's a mantra. Like, there can be something else going on in the world, but if Gotham needs him first and there's enough heroes to handle it, he goes where the priority is and, and Gotham is. So how do you expand that idea with the world? And, and what do you take from it that we've already had the chance to enjoy? Whether it was uh, Batman Inc., whether it was um, other globetrotting adventures that he's had, how, how does this fit into, you know, that, that, that Terry as being the guy who's always taking care of Gotham, but at the same time, a member of the Justice League caught up in adventures that are far, far away from Gotham, um, whether space or time. So that one really catches my attention because I feel like it's such a big concept and you can approach it from so many ways that it, it, it suggests to me the most endless possibilities and where I'm, I think, the most intrigued. And then the one that feels like it's going to make me laugh the most is uh, Are You Afraid of Dark Side? Because it just feels like, you know, you can have a lot of fun with that concept. You know what I mean? Like, there's just something fun about characters. Like, so what are you afraid of? I ain't afraid of nothing. Are you afraid of Dark Side? And then you've got a story. And you could have two or three that, that sort of just bring up that idea or work with that theme. And it, it would be so much fun to, to have those moments when, say a non-powered street level fighter is like yeah so there's that moment when dark side showed up and i realized i wasn't superman and you know it's really interesting what happens then so the that's that's what this list list kind of like left me wondering about steve what do you think what a list what a list i mean so much good stuff you, you both already said it harley quinn uh, Destro Kink. I'm really looking forward to Aquaman the Becoming because I have fallen in love with the character of Jackson Hyde after Future State Aquaman uh, and his um well they're raised together as brother and sister and Andy Curry as well the the new Aqua Girl Aqua Woman so I hope she's uh, appears in the series too but again Batman the World really grabbed my attention because when you have a book that's going to be featuring writers and artists from all over the globe it's going to be something special and when i see one of my favorites from from my mother's home country of spain and that classic silhouette i don't know if you guys have ever been to spain before but that massive black bull it can be found on hills and roadsides throughout the country it's just one of these iconic images from the landmarks of, of spain it's just everywhere and to see batman on top of this thing and he's clearly there having some sort of a break because he's sitting there with a paper cup of coffee on his phone. And that's just one of the most outstanding, brilliant images from this book. So that's definitely, definitely one I'm looking for, forward to. Uh, Milestone, Are You Afraid of Dark Side as a Halloween, as a Halloween special in October. Oh, so much good stuff on that list. Yes, and can I just say yeah. how excited I am to see Ambush Bug? On oh, the yeah. Of Su- I mean, I, I, oh, man. Yes, 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 and yes. Um, oh. Yeah, but and, and and I also didn't mention King Shark. Uh, I, I yep. think that that's another one that all of us Harley Quinn fans are going to be excited for between, you know, the, you know, the third season coming and uh you know the suicide squad so yeah i'm looking yeah there's so much to uh to get excited for oh you beat me to the punch my next thing was going to be be ambush bug oh <laughs> i'm sorry i'm so was, sorry no i'm so <laughs> glad you did because it's not just me that it's excited about this crazy ass character i mean he's just great is this 
the beginning of the return of Argyle. We just <laughs> don't so. know. Oh, it needs to be. It has to happen. Hey, and King Shark will just be saying to everyone in the world, hey, I want some new comics. Bring them to me and make it snappy. I didn't say that. Let's move on swiftly to some more great news. After the end of DC Nation, it's finally coming back. DC Connect, the in-print previews magazine, is coming back to comic shops, talking about September's books. Oh, this makes me so happy. Happy, happy, happy. What about you, Brad? Oh, yeah. I miss this. I love going into the comic shop and picking this up. It, it, it was such a nice tie-in and, and things there to get me excited. And this is where they're having the story about that milestone compendium, which I absolutely cannot wait for. So, oh, yeah, I uh, I hope that this can be a regular thing, uh, definitely. Uh, I just I just love it. I love the articles. I just, yeah, yeah. Another one of the stories that's, that I'm definitely excited about. What about you, Seth? I always loved the uh, little preview material that you could get. I remember when I was younger, I can't remember if what there were so many different like, you know, comic shop news and different little like things you would always see at the counter. But for me, those were like this, like that was the refuge after I'd read through the books I could afford. And then I wanted to just pour over everything that was coming next, kind of let your imagination just sort of like roam. And, and that's the feeling that I get with, uh, with having connect now back as a print edition and and getting the chance to it, there's something uh, amazingly nostalgic and yet at the same time um childlike in its bliss like you pick it up and you just sort of smile like i wonder what i'm going to discover in here you know and, and what is it that's going to maybe raise my eyebrows set my hair on fire who knows but that's always that 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 wonder you know when you get a chance to let's just say you know glimpse into the future steve what do you think it's that glimpse into the future which is also that beautiful rose tinted look into the past because i think we've we've all said it at one point or another i used to love wizard magazine and i loved it when <laughs> dc nation came out and was really really unhappy when it only lasted like six or seven issues and then vanished but now that dc connects coming back like i said in print form to have something you can pick up and look at while you're queuing up to pay for your comics at the comic book shop that you can talk to the guys behind the counter about hey have you seen this are you excited for this or oh, what would you reckon this is going to be like it's great it's what makes physical comics collecting such a joy so i can't wait for this to be back in print and i will collect these damn things just like i did with dc nation and i wish i held on to all my old wizard magazines as well because yeah they just make me smile absolutely make me smile so we've talked movies and tv and comics but now let's move on to the segment we call in other news and it's all good. Now, guys, we all talk about how we need to donate organs and stuff like this. But Sideshow Collectibles, damn, have they done it again. This piece, this statue with a comic book cover behind it from Batman number one from 1940. This is one I know I can't afford, but one of the very, very, very few that I actually would consider buying. I love this piece. What about you guys, Brad? Yeah, I, I love it too. I, I love the contrast of the 
the silver Batman with the colors from the cover behind him. Uh, it's 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 striking. Uh, you know, if you know if I was if I bought statues, you know, I I def this would definitely be on on my list. It's one of those things that I kind of live vicariously through other people because it's, it's not something that I collect, but I still love looking at it as it comes out. And this is just and Steve, you as a Batman fan, this this must be even that much more beautiful. I mean, this is just the sculpting is Absolutely. fantastic. I mean, it looks like the you know the the batman from the cover of batman one yeah it's just yeah it's just pretty incredible what about you Seth? it's quite gorgeous and i can say uh <laughs> that even with the flex layaway payments it's still like seven eighths of a car payment for me so i just have to chuckle when i see like okay sure 500 or 150 a month Okay, that 150 a month doesn't help as much as you think it would. Like I, I'd like it to help that much, but <laughs> it still, it still would 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 pinch. Um, but it is so gorgeous the way that they've arranged it, so that you know you have that feeling of it coming out of the cover 3D. And yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's so exquisitely crafted. You know that one close-up shot where you can see some really just unbelievable detail in there. And um, I also love the feel that it, it doesn't feel like it's trying to build up any more of the Batman that's portrayed on the cover. It's trying to represent exactly what Batman looked like in on that original cover, that portrayal. And there was something, I don't know, um, so pure, you know, so unadulterated, <laughs> so, uh, you know, uh, aware of kind of like a reverence for this is how it looked then. This is exactly how it's going to look in this statue at, Really beautiful piece of work. Steve, what do you think? It's just gorgeous. And being such a fan of the old Golden Age material, um, to see it reverentially recreated in a modern way just, just makes me happy because it looks back at the past with this fondness and love and this whole um, nostalgic feel, which, which just, just makes me glow inside. I mean... Um, we've talked about the facsimile editions, which certain DC creators who are no longer with the company were against and hated. But some of the Millennium Editions reprinting Action Comics number one, Detective Comics 27, Batman number one, are some of my favorite comics. And they're the closest I'll ever get to having those 1938, 39 and 40 originals. So seeing them so lovingly brought in, that actual comics cover is there. But then with a silver, pewter, fantastic Batman replacing the comic book one, swinging next to Robin. It's so simple. It's brilliant. I just think it's absolutely gorgeous. And like you said, Seth, um, if I had the money, I don't. But if I had the money, this would be one. If, if the lottery win ever happens, apart from um, paying off your guys' mortgages, this would be definitely <laughs> something that I'd be looking into using my lottery winning money for without a shadow of a doubt. Now, let's go from visual delights to audio delights. The long-awaited Dark Knight death metal soundtrack is out to stream right now. They've been releasing singles from it every couple of weeks recently. It's my kind of music. It's crazy. It's metal. It's rocking. It's face melting. It's nerve shredding. And I love it. 
Um, I'm going to go be going for the vinyl version. I love all the singles. Guys, have you heard any of this stuff? What did you make of it? Brad? I was, yeah, I was really happy to see that this hit streaming. Uh, when I, like every Friday morning, I'll open up my, uh, my iMusic to see, scroll through the new releases. And I, uh, I saw this and it, it made me giggle like a schoolboy because I had been wanting to hear this for a while. So, uh, yeah, you're right, Steve. It's absolutely crazy and over the top, just like Dark Knight's Metal, uh, Death Metal, I should say. And man, those the pictures of the vinyl sets look gorgeous. If you are a collector of vinyl in any way, you should definitely be uh, picking these up. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this is uh, – uh, this has been something that, you know, back when I was a kid, I would have absolutely – this would have been my dream come true. The idea right. of comics and music combining like this. This is just – yeah, this is just one of those things that uh, I feel like I've been waiting for for years in a way. <laughs> what about you, Seth? Brad, if you need to get off this call right now to go, like, you know, buy physical copies or something, like, I get it. I, I get it. But we only got a couple more stories, man. Can you hold on a little bit longer and then we'll let you go? <laughs> Swear to God, we'll let you go afterwards. And, you know, do it. No, I, actually, this story was, um, you know, I, I'd been hearing about the soundtrack, but I was not aware of so many of these details that go into it, whether it's these special edition covers or the vinyl you guys were describing. Like, looking this all over, it's, it's pretty phenomenal that you create such a comics experience that all of these different people from the Manchester orchestra on are like, yeah, so we want to record some music for that. Thank you for asking us, or we just want to. And here you have this amazing, you know, uh, let's just say ambiance to enjoy while reading Dark Knight's death metal in the future. I, I think that's uh, huge. And Brad, as you said, if you're a vinyl collector, as Steve, you described yourself, you know, this is a perfect addition to your collection. And uh, I, I think the uh, really fun variants to go along with it, just sweeten the pot, like a little extra icing on the cake. Never hurt anybody. Like ice cream on the cake. Never hurt anybody. At least me. If you like those intolerant, you might have a different idea about this. However, there's cashew, there's whatever. I'm just saying, sweeter on top of sweet. It's a good thing. Steve, what do you think? Absolutely. This is like the cherry and the crushed nuts and the chocolate sprinkles all rolled into one for me. I was a DJ back in the 80s, so I have a, a pretty extensive vinyl collection and it's eclectic. I love all types of music. But when you mix metal with Dark Knight's metal and Dark Knight's death metal, it's just something like you said, Brad, it's an experience. It's something we wish dearly that we had growing up. Um, I've been streaming the original Dark Knight's Metal soundtrack for, well, since it came out, just after the comics did, and I've got that still on my Spotify playlist. So, yeah, I've been doing the reviews for the single every single time they've come out, and now that the album's dropped, this very morning, it's there, it's on my phone, but I need the vinyl. Um, one of my podcast uh, co-hosts on Superheroes for Dummies show very generously out of nowhere bought me the picture disc vinyl of dark knight's metal 
um, on vinyl. And it comes with a recreation of the first issue with a lovely card cover and a poster as well. So now, um, guys, I just need to complete my collection. I need to get the Dark Knight's Death Metal on vinyl too. Which colour? I don't know. I don't care. I just need to have it on vinyl and play it loud. And my poor wife. This weekend in the UK, it's Father's Day weekend. She's not the biggest metal or rock fan. Oh, he's there as well. Good. Yeah. Um, So guess what I'm going to be playing really loud tomorrow on Father's Day? Just because I can. (laughs) (laughs) And who knows? Maybe you'll complete your collection as just a little gift for yourself. You know, just a, hey, hon, if you didn't get this for me, I might I might I might go take a walk. See, see what's over at the shop. See, uh... Sadly, I tried that and I got shut down like a duck. <laughs> okay. Still, hey, the, the fact is you tried. I've got it on my phone. Still gonna play I've got it on my phone. Yeah, I can, <laughs> I can Bluetooth it to Alexa and still pump it loud via the hi-fi. So um, still listening to it. But I will have the final. Oh, yes, I will have the final. And to close, our last story of the evening, comics conventions. Brad, Seth, we've talked about them. We've been to them. We love them. It looks like, it sounds like, it feels like they're coming back again. Brad, are you smiling, sir? Yes. And as somebody who loves cons so much, there'll be no like there's a lot of people that oh i want to get back to concerts you know i I get that but for me it's i want to get back to cons and nothing will make me feel more like the world's gone back to normal than when i step into a comic-con for the first time and i i submitted my press credentials for new york comic-con so uh, fingers crossed um i just can't wait to get back to cons and i just love that this list of cons that are happening here is just so large i mean it's worldwide australia um scotland um alaska i mean just the, the, we're back and it's so nice but one i noticed is not here for next year yet is uh san diego but i'm sure we'll be getting a date for that at uh, at some point but yeah uh man it's so nice can't wait to go back what about you, Seth? Yeah, I was actually intrigued when I saw that. Uh, I was pretty sure it's in this article that San Diego is going to be virtual this year. Yeah, but I I don't remember seeing the dates. You're right. Now that I now that I'm like, oh yeah, where where? Hello, where where is that? Even as I'm like talking to you, I'm like swiping through. Like, but 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 uh, <laughs> oh, it does say on here the 23rd through the 25th um for july uh, well i was talking about the um because it has a list of dates all the way into 2022 so oh, right there there was nothing for san diego in 2022 so that oh, gotcha. i mean i guess granted that's a whole year ahead i guess they can you know figure that out you know maybe they just don't have it set in stone yet but <laughs> they're keeping that sure one under the, uh, yeah <laughs> yeah they're like yeah we'll just keep that one we'll let you know we'll we'll let you know when when that's out, yeah, <laughs> I even realized that I was like, well, wait a minute, what am what? Um, yeah, I think the whole fact that, that the Comic Con community can you know reemerge and and feel like we can do so safely, relatively, um, it, it's just one of those things that Brad you pointed out, like 
returning to normal. It just feels like one of those things where you can feel confident about being out in the world and around others. And it feels like we lost some of that confidence for a while. And hopefully this is one of those first steps to getting it back. Um, and yeah, I was actually reminded when I saw that one of the uh, cons that caught my attention was in Rome. And I remember uh, my wife and I were traveling over there that we missed a con like by a week or two. And I was like, ah, oh, yeah, that would have been cool. really awesome timing. I could have yeah. been totally like guilt free for it happening and it would have happened while I was there. But yeah, I love the fact that, you know, this one starts out by saying, so yeah, here's some cons in Australia and then let's move on through the rest of the list. And pretty impressive list. And just a reminder of, I think for everybody who was willing to wait, now's the time to be rewarded and time to celebrate and enjoy. Steve, what do you think? Absolutely. It's that whole fan atmosphere and that, knowledge that you're with people like you who love what you love and the costumes the color artists alley the actors the directors the writers the artists all being there it's just it, there's no, there's nothing like it and it's really short notice i don't know if i'm going to get press credentials for the london film comic con which is only next month july and i'm still not 100 percent sure i'm that confident to go to a con that early but the big one, the MCM, that's the UK's biggest comic convention in October. Oh, you might have to fight me away from that one. I, I do think I need to be there for that one, especially, again, as I'm missing my what was an annual trip to New York this year. Um, next year means that it's going to be that much more confident, that much uh, less of a worry. And that means that next year, 2022, Brad, dude, I finally get to mm -hmm. meet you and Josh and Kelly and whoever else might make their way. Maybe even uh, super-powered Seth Singleton man might come over from the West Coast for that weekend. I don't know, but um, that's another reason that really gets me excited because I need to meet these people that have become my friends and my family over the airwaves in the flesh and just give you all a hug and say, yes, let's go in and have some fun, brothers, because oh, Comic-Cons are back that just makes me happy and hey i love the physical comic cons but let's be honest we've all talked about it uh fandom last year was the bomb and uh i'm looking forward to it for this year as well even though it's a virtual con that one is a keeper yeah right now i think we're on the verge of having the best of both worlds between oh, yeah. virtual cons and physical cons hopefully I, I you know fandom can be something that continues on to be a yearly tradition oh i hope so it's the best. That'd be lovely. Yeah, they really they really did an amazing job. So good. It was the best virtual con out of them all. Mm -hmm. Justice Con was pretty good, yeah. but it was very yeah. uh, Justice League based. Uh, yeah. Fandome was everything. It was awesome. Yeah. Yep, it was. <laughs> and I can't wait for it this year. Absolutely. Psyched. We'll be there. Yeah. We'll Indeed. be covering the news <laughs> live for DC Comics News and Dark Knight News. We'll be there. <laughs> Your heroes on the airways. So that's it from the heroes on the airways for another week. That was episode number 122 of the DC Comics News podcast. But fear not, we're here every week. Josh, thank you so much, brother, for stepping in when all of us were in Communicado last week and doing a stellar one-man show, which I loved. And it just took me back to the original days of this podcast where I listened every week as a listener, apart from the odd couple of occasions when I turned up to do a comics review. So, 
Josh, oh, I can't wait to do a show with you, brother. But our timelines are so far apart that it's murder. But uh, great hearing your voice on the show and great hearing your voice, Brad, your Seth and the ladies who I miss dearly. But hey, there are more weeks to come. Until then, Brad, sir, please tell our listeners where they can find you across the world wide web. Uh, you can find me writing news and reviews on DC Comics News. Uh, and you can find me on the Harley Quinn Mad Lip podcast, uh, part of the DC Comics News Podcast Network. And you can follow me on uh, Twitter at uh, FlickyB1. And Seth, where can people find you? You can find me hanging out with the finest crew you'll ever find right here on the DC Comics News Podcast. As many weeks as I can make it. Uh, it's it's the best time I can spend one day out of the week. And sometimes if I'm lucky enough to get two, you can find me at Mad Love. You can find me weekly hosting the Spinner Rack. But you can always find me here, whether it's on the podcast or writing reviews for DC Comics News. Steve, how about you? Indeed. Yes, indeed. Most weeks or whenever I can uh, with my ever-increasing insane schedule and the two day jobs, um, I want to be here as much as I possibly can with the people I love. And the first podcast that was truly my home on the DC Comics News podcast. But then my son and I and the occasional guest also talk about Batman every week on this very network in the I Am The Night podcast focusing on Batman, the animated series. I'm the occasional guest on Mad Love with my brothers and I'll definitely be there for the seasonal finale if I can possibly do so because we need to talk about Harley and Ivy and how much we love them. You can catch me on my own show, um, Superheroes for Dummies, with my UK brothers talking about the heroes you vote for, the villains you vote for, the characters you want to hear more about and answering the questions you send us every single week uh, for my written work just type fantastic universes or steve j rains is search engine of choice to take you to my news reviews interviews and articles across fantastic universes of course the wonderful dc comics news dark night news and now comic book resources cbr you can find my mindless ramblings there too um, and that's it this show well wherever you find podcasts we're there Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, that's where you'll find us. You'll find DC Comics News across social media, Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, and YouTube at DC Comics News. Capital D, capital C, capital C, O-M-I-C-S, capital N-E-W-S. Dark Knight News, DK News, come on Twitter, Dark Knight News everywhere else. Find us, search us out, seek us, and talk to us. You can talk to me on Twitter at Elstevo, E-L underscore S-T. E-E-V-O. Until we see you next, do look at those solicitations. Do pick up the books. Please do, as we always say every week, read more comics. We'll be back.